Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to Toonami Preflight. Once again, joined by Jason. Did you miss me? I did. Uh, we were thankful for Dennis to come in, but uh, well, one crabby big guy is the same as any other, really. Yeah, he was uh, here for maybe f- four minutes longer than it took to physically record, and then left. Toonami Preflight here, meaning in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, or well, in the studio. Thank you guys for soldiering on without me. Indeed. Uh, today we are going to continue talking about our, some of our and Paste Magazine's favorite anime movies of all time, uh, Sprigan. Yep. Uh, we are also going to then talk some of our favorite treasure hunting movies, I believe is how we phrased yes, it. Yes, treasure hunt movies. Um, we tried to figure out artifact, discovery, and destruction movies, but that was a little too treasures, much. Treasures. Even for, uh, for a tsunami. Treasure gets the job done. Uh, and Jason and I are... Recently returned. I thought you were going to say recently divorced. Recently divorced, but uh, we're still working together. We're it's very uncomfortable. We're co-parenting uh, Toonami Preflight. Very uncomfortable. But I think it's going. I thought it was going well, but evidently it's very uncomfortable, which makes it a little more uncomfortable yeah. for me. So oh, sorry. it's sort of a bummer. Yeah. Uh, we recently returned from Tokyo, Japan, and uh, we shot a little bit of Toonami Preflight footage in Tokyo. We'll see part one of a seven-part series of... It's two parts. Probably two parts. Probably going to be just a two-part series. It was uh, just a little slice. Today will be a little bit more uh, of the... The bit fun of, times. Bit of business and pleasure. Fun Some times, of the fun yeah. walking around pre-taking-care-of-business, uh, uh, pre-flight. Let's get to it. Let's start talking Spriggan. Cool. Spriggan. So... Spriggan, um, so a Spriggan, for, for those of you who might be confused, a Spriggan is actually a, in Scottish folklore, it's like a tree spirit. Right. And they're actually in the game Skyrim. Um, and they're super annoying when you're under leveled. Um, they have their little bees that fly around. But that's the original. And so, but it also means striker. And in the traditional Cornish yes, language. Yes. So, um, in, and that's the sense in which the Spriggans of this movie are. They're sort of a first strike team. So Spriggan came out in 1998. It's probably one of the last great examples of uh, cell animated 2D um, 
you know, animation um, because that was right around when CG was really starting to take over yeah. and things were just moving fully digital. Um, so it's one of those sort of later examples of just how good hand-drawn animation on a cell can look. Um, it was not a huge hit in Japan. It did okay. And then ADV brought it over in the U.S. Uh, and did a dub and a theatrical release. Um, and I think it didn't do great then either. When I first saw Spriggan... We actually saw it because, I don't remember how, but we had a Japanese uh, version of it. So I think someone was, I think they wanted to see if we wanted to show it on Toonami, which it was too violent to show at the time in Toonami. It wouldn't be too violent now, but for the kids' Toonami. But for a four o'clock afternoon Toonami. Yeah, it was too violent, and, and cutting out the violence would sort of really destroy it, and it and, was too well animated to be able to just paint stuff out. Right. So we and just, it was a shit ton of guns, which yeah. makes it awesome, but yeah. problematic for an afternoon children's block. But we liked it so much, we just watched it in Japanese, just the whole thing. I watched it twice in Japanese, because the animation was so gorgeous. So, um, weirdly, like some of these movies we've been talking about, it's not available on um, Blu-ray, or it's not like you really can't get it other than you can buy the old DVD. You can get the you it's not region free but you can get the Japanese Blu-ray. Yeah. But you can't play it. <laughs> so unless you Well, you can if you have a PS4. The uh Does it have English track on it? Mm-mm. Dang. So anyway. Um so but it is one of the best looking anime period. I mean like I would put it up there with like, it's not as good of a movie as some of the greatest anime ever made, like Ghost in the Shell or Akira or whatever, right. or Metropolis, but it looks as good as those movies. Like, it is clearly the product of a high budget that took a long time and some people working at the top of their craft. Like, the animation is bananas amazing. Um so I would say it's like kind of like Redline. Like it's just it's not necessarily a classic movie, but just a really fun, well-made. Yeah, movie. it's a delightful, fast romp through murder and mayhem. Which... Yeah, it's weirdly. Um, it feels very western. I mean, the, so it was adapted from a manga that went on for eleven years, um, and it's really just one part of the manga, um, as I understand it. Yeah, but it's like, the second volume. But it's it's a very Western approach. Like the orchestral music feels very much like they're trying to do a James Bond, Indiana Jones type thing. Um, the storyline kind of skips around the globe. They go to Afghanistan. They go to all these different places. And again, that feels very much like a Western adventure spy movie. Um, so I think they had in their minds, they were really trying to sort of do their version of that kind of Indiana Jones type story. Yeah. Um, so let's check out the trailer. The, the audio is terrible on this trailer, but the video is in HD, so you can see how good it looks. So here's the English trailer for Spriggan. Some discoveries should remain buried. Nice 90s, sweet yeah. 90s graphic package. <laughs> um, Reminiscent of our Beast Wars graphics yeah. from uh, so, Spriggan, um, so uh, Katsuhiro Otomo, creator of Akira, um, was the supervisor for this movie. And that may explain 
not only the high quality but uh, there's some very Akira-like yeah. elements. Significant certain, homages. This, this character, um, the Colonel, they keep calling him, is like a little boy. Clearly, it's an adult in a, in a little kid's body, and we that's never fully explained what's up with that in the movie. Anyway, I'm sure it is in the manga. But he has telekinetic powers that he can. He has a hard time controlling. So in that way, it feels very much like uh, Akira. Uh, and he ultimately is a megalomaniac who wants to sort of take over slash destroy the world so that those elements are definitely like all little boys stuff too and much like akira the spriggan the main character you, what's his name you you he is very much like a um Kaneda type character where he's constantly just wants to charge forward and sort of solve everything with his, his fists basically because he's young and impetuous and talented and and a and a young sort of badass japan's um, top spriggan yeah, so the the overall story setup is that there's a group called Ark. Is it Ark? Arkham. Arkham. And Arkham. I think Arkham. they were doing an Arkham, and then we're like, wait, no, 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 let's change it to a C. So are these ancient, there are ancient powerful artifacts scattered all over the world, and there's this organization called Arkham that basically exists to make sure those artifacts don't get discovered and don't fall into the wrong hands. Namely, the Americans. Then there is a paramilitary organization, a, a splinter group of American soldiers who are working towards a black ops kind of crew who are working towards stealing these artifacts. And the big artifact that this movie centers around is Noah's Ark. So they've found the actual Noah's Ark um, of biblical lore. And basically, it turns out that Noah's Ark might be responsible for the creation of all life on Earth not, and can control weather and all kinds of other stuff. So the showdown in the movie ends up inside Noah's Ark where um, the Spriggan U takes on the Colonel, and sort of the Colonel wants to use the Ark to wipe the Earth clean, sort of like they basically intimate... Real Wrath that, of God type stuff. <laughs> they, they, they intimate that uh, the dinosaurs went extinct because someone used the Ark before, and that's why it was hidden to begin with. So... And you, obviously, doesn't want that to happen. Yeah, because he's a good boy. So it's a pretty easy-to-understand story. I think that um, you is not given a ton of backstory, which he's given a little backstory, but he's still more of just a badass cipher than he is a great character. And I think if anything's missing, if anything... If there's any reason this thing didn't turn into a bigger movie, I think it's that. It's that, it's that though he's a cool badass, he's not like... Yeah, um, I mean, it ends up feeling sort of how it was created where it's part of a larger story that they're not you're not getting all the information and you're not getting all the story to yeah. where you feel like I should know more about this and one right. of the reasons is because it's right. a much larger manga but and as a standalone movie it's a little weird. Yeah he's not Indiana Jones or James Bond. He's not a character that you sort of Instantly, a, a really indelible right. character and I think that's the sort of the thing that's missing in this movie. They've got every other element is great. Oh the bad guys are great the story is great. The animation is just absolutely incredible. I think the score is really good. Um, and I was baffled at the time why the movie didn't become bigger. But I think ultimately it's just that there wasn't enough of a core of a character that you wanted to follow to, to really make it worth watching for some people. Right. Um, so let's check out uh, a clip. This is from pretty late in the... Well, this is from like halfway through. This is a big showdown between you and his former commander because it turns out that you used to be... He was trained as a sort of child assassin by, by this American um, 
black ops group and he broke away from them and in doing so he killed a bunch of people so the colonel so this guy that has a vendetta against you so this is sort of their showdown or part of their showdown but just check out the animation do you remember the message i wrote on your friend tanaka now i'm going to snap your neck like a twig no one will be your grave That's how cool. I want to go. <laughs> um, so yeah, just really well choreographed action. Really great character designs. Really, and sound design. The really, guns yeah, sound fucking awesome. Really fluid animation. I think it's. I wouldn't go so far as to call it a lost classic, but I definitely think it's a lost gem that people don't need. If you want to check out the very pinnacle of late '90s, sort of the end of of hand drawn cell animation, I think this is a good one. Um, so, on the subject of treasure hunt films, we decided to talk about some of our favorite treasure hunt movies. Treasure hunting. <laughs> treasure yeah, hunting yeah, movie. You put an extra G there. It's it should just tre- be the Treasure hunting movies. So, the first one I'm going to talk about is one that I grew up with and uh, is also a forgotten classic, I think, for this generation. Um, for it's on cable a decent amount, so maybe it's there's just, enough. It didn't but catch on with the youngins like Goonies. Yeah, you know, um, it's too awesome. <laughs> Goonies is right uh, there in the suck world enough to <laughs> capture the young minds. Um, so I'm talking about, of course, uh, Robert Zemeckis's classic film, Romancing the Stone. Jewel of the Nile. <laughs> uh, no, he didn't direct Jewel of the Nile. Oh, I thought he did. No, another guy did, which is why it's not as good. So Robert Zemeckis, who of course directed, uh, among many other films, Forrest Gump and <laughs> your favorite movie and of all time. Back to the Future, um, he did this movie, which is basically a somebody just wanted to do Indiana Jones plus some more comedy, which is really what it is, and yeah. some South American racism. Right. Um, so, uh, but it's a lot of fun. My mom absolutely loved it because there's a core romance in the middle of the movie between um, Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas, and she loved that. And we watched it as kids a bunch just because it's got a lot of action and uh, people getting their hands bitten off by crocodiles and shotguns and stuff I like. Um, and rather than show you the trailer, which is so dated, it's probably not going to get anybody interested. When I was looking for clips of this movie, I forgot all about the amazing theme song. And uh, another forgotten amazing artist, Eddie Grant, the reggae artist who did Electric Avenue, uh, he did a, he did the theme song, and he did a music video that's sort There's of music, yeah. that's themed like Romancing the Stone. But it's a friggin' hot jam. So what I'm going to do is just sort of we're going to go off uh, off book for a minute. We're just going to spend two minutes. Enjoying Romancing the Stone by Eddie Grant. So check it out. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if I can see everybody in there. Well, we have, we have a bunch of people in the control room. So who's seen Romancing the Stone? Show of hands. 
one, two, and the three. old, the old people, all the old people. No, 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 oh, and one, one young, okay, one youngin. And of the people who didn't see it, did that hot jam change your mind and pique your did interest? Did Eddie Grant make you want to see it? It's 100%. Yeah, all right, well we're, done. We're converting. Um, so, Romancing Stone featuring hot jams, <laughs> Kathleen Turner before. She looked bananas like like now. I yeah. don't know what's going on, but what? her voice dropped like five octaves. Sure. And Michael Douglas before, he looked and sounded bananas like he does now, where his voice went up several octaves. As they were, it was a much... Throat cancer. Yeah. I was <laughs> Throat cancer say, is a killer. Eating cancer will change you, I think. Um, so then, next up, uh, I want to talk about, of course, an Indiana Jones film, because you can't really talk treasure hunts without talking Indiana Jones. And I decided to talk about... Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which is the third Indiana Jones film. What's um, your order of Indiana Jones films, favorite to least favorite? Favorite to least favorite is definitely Raiders, Last Crusade, Temple of Doom, and of course, whatever the dog shit one was called. Skull. Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull. Um, if Could you put a fifth movie ahead of Crystal Skull and make it even lower on your list? If if I could, I I would if I could. Young Indiana Jones, then Crystal Skull. Um, But I really like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and I figured Gil might talk about Raiders, or, you know, we've all talked about Raiders. Yeah. and not, I, I like I like the humor in the, in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It's particularly Sean Connery and Harrison Ford playing off of each other. And this is a scene we're just we're, rather than watch a trailer again, we're just going to watch a scene that I think is hilarious that Gil and I quote often reference. Often, yes. So this is a hilarious scene from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Check it out. This book contained a map, a map with no names. Precise directions from the unknown city to the secret canyon of the crescent moon. So it did. Where are these missing pages, this map? We must have these pages back. You're wasting your breath. He won't tell us. And he doesn't have to. It's perfectly obvious where the pages are. He's given them to Marcus Brody. Marcus? You didn't drag poor Marcus along, did you? He's not up to the challenge. He sticks out like a sore thumb. We'll find him. The hell you will. He's got a two-day head start on you, which is more than he needs. Brody's got friends in every town and village from here to the Sudan. He speaks a dozen languages, knows every local custom. He'll blend in, disappear. You'll never see him again. With any luck, he's got the grail already. Uh, does anyone here speak English? Or even ancient Greek? Uh, water, no, thank you, sir. No, fish make love in it. Thank you so much. No, I don't, thank you. No, I really don't want... Thank you very much. No, thank you, madam. I'm a vegetarian. Does anyone understand a word I'm saying here? So the only reason that scene's funny is because they do such a great job of setting it up and slowly yeah, pushing such in. Such a great slam cut. Up. The thing that makes it funny is you already know Marcus is kind of a doddering. Right. And, but yeah. you still. But, but Harrison Ford the is power so of good the Ford at you. Yeah, he's, so, he's so good at the selling you. And then the camera move and everything that you're like, maybe he's right. And then, of course, he's not. Um, Classic misdirect, little comedy uh, mm-hmm. for you, and then finally a movie people I don't think talk about very much when they think of treasure hunt films, but it is a treasure hunt film, and that is the 1999 classic 
um, which is called what the hell is it called? Oh, Three Kings. <laughs> one of it's my so favorite classic. Movies. One of my favorite movies. David Not Russell's those Three Stella. Kings. That's uh, a, a, a comedy, bit of comedy. Um, it's David O. Russell's film. Uh, he evidently was such a prick as a director on this that uh, George Clooney threatened to kill him because he was being such a jerk to the cast. Uh, and if you have the Blu-ray, the behind-the-scenes, he brought a camera to meet each of the stars in their very first meeting, like filming them. And so he's filming Mark Wahlberg, who was much younger, because this is a while back. And Mark Wahlberg's like, huh, so you're going to film like this whole thing? You're just going to film our talking huh and he's like yep and he's like okay whatever and like just kind of he's obviously weirded out about it but it's fine the the footage of him filming ice cube is the funniest thing (laughs) in the world because he rolls up on ice cube and ice cube's like what are you doing and he's like i'm filming this thing and he's like no man put that shit away (laughs) and he goes oh i'm sorry and just turns it off so uh three kings is a is i mean really it's a movie about our role in the war in iraq um it was very prescient actually in terms of it did not paint Americans in a very good light in that war, and sort of uh, it kind of was the first movie to deal with the inherent absurdity of, of, of some of the things about that war. But basically, the movie starts off with these jaded soldiers finding out that Saddam has some uh, caches of gold stashed away that he has stolen from various people and so they want to steal this gold uh and get rich before the army pulls out of iraq and then they end up getting sort of caught up and wanting to help some of the uh local people and sort of they find their heart they the do. trailer makes they, it they look for gold but they find, they find the golds in here um so it's it's way more it's way less of a straightforward movie than the trailer makes it look like. Like the trailer makes it look like a much more lighthearted, yeah, like comedy, like comedy, and it's not really like that. It has some obviously some absurdity, but it's very much a a farce about the Iraq War and our role in it. Um, and it does take on the subject fairly seriously. But here's a trailer to give you some idea if you haven't seen it. Are we shooting people? talking about millions in Kuwaiti bullion. You mean them little cubes you put in hot water to make soup? No, not the little cubes you put in hot water to make soup. Warner Brothers presents George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg, and Ice Cube. Hello? Honey, it's me. Troy? Oh, my God! When are you coming home? Well, I'm working on that right now, baby. Is Not- there a Mark Wahlberg movie where he doesn't take his shirt off and call his <laughs> female uh, I mean, girlfriend or wife what's, baby? What's the point of putting Mark Wahlberg in a movie? If I'm not saying it's a problem. I'm just curious if there actually I don't is. think he took his shirt off in the crappening, but it was crap. Um, but anyway, Three Kings, a good out. underrated um, treasure hunt movie. Probably David Russell's, O. Russell's best movie i think yeah. uh, that and flirting with disaster um gill i was uh, some of your you did an excellent job thank I, you uh, solid picks all the way around i was thinking you would not pick three kings and it was already all ready to snatch it away mm. but uh, you thought wrong i thought wrong uh first up for me is a 75 year old movie uh john houston voice of gandalf's 1948 <laughs> uh treasure of sierra madre um which is bogey's probably Best role, mm-hmm. best movie, um, but that's I think, think 
people would want to debate you on that. Yeah. I would probably agree with you, but um, a lot of people would say Casablanca. He's This is the first time where he's not playing bogey. Uh, he's... He's starting to get down his, on his luck bogey. Yeah, he's he's Safe getting a little fella. older. It's a little rougher around the edges. Uh, sometimes totally paranoid, delusional, uh, scruffy faced, pre pre African queen, Why scruffy faced. About yeah, uh, time has ravaged his good looks. He's a co-host of Toonami Preflight. <laughs> um, this movie is basically. Uh, Takes place in Mexico and is three Mexico, Mexico with the uh, a lot of forties racism and Santitos uh, and Federales. Sweet. Um, the, these three men have sort of thrown in their lots together to go find this treasure, and the movie is basically about how when you go and search for the gold, sometimes you find. The paranoia and the greed right oh, in your heart. Damn, I thought that was the gold was in your heart. No, that's this is not as... I mean, I guess it ends in a somewhat upbeat manner, but lots gotcha. of people die along the way. Um, <laughs> let's check out the... This trailer's like nine minutes long, and it's uh, 40s style of telling you everything about everyone who's in the movie and the company who's making it and what kind of picture it's going to be. <laughs> but... Um, We've sort of chopped it down a little bit uh, to give you kind of the feels of the movie. So let's check it out. Up into the forbidding majesty of the great Madre range go men. Their pasts buried in silent secrecy. Their futures hidden in the mystery of adventure. Men drawn together in their search for gold. Dog, soldier of fortune. Howard, the old timer. Curtin, the youngster. And Cody, the intruder. These are the men who tried to tap the treasure of the Sierra Madre. Wake up. Never one of my faves. The movie? Yeah. Oh. It's a good movie. I, I, I don't... I have... I, there's not many pre-1950s movies I'm really into, though. That's, yeah. That's just my... It's... That's a personal failing on my part. It's not anything to do with the movie. I don't think that... Uh... There's no hot jam in Treasure of Sierra Madre that's going to... There's no Eddie Grant. Of, I mean, I'm just saying. A lot of hearts and minds. Blah, movie, blah. Humphrey is. Bogart, John Houston. Where's Eddie Grant? Yeah, that's all I'm really saying. Is. And uh, John Houston's all, dad as the old timer. Although he does say, I'll smash your head flat, which is something I want to sort of yeah. take into and my it's the code. it's the no, We don't need stinking badges movie. There's a lot of Bugs Bunny... Uh, we don't need no stinking badges. Throughout. Uh, that movie's really good, but no one watching this is probably going to see it. Uh... <laughs> Second for me is Gore Verbinski's magnum opus, Dead Man's Chest, my favorite of the, the third, Pirates of the Caribbean. The third Pirates of the Caribbean is your favorite, really? Yeah. It's, uh, I think... I'm not questioning, I'm just asking. The I think it's the sweetest spot of before it was like, you know how much fucking money we're making <laughs> off these movies? And still having uh, a good time with a lighthearted romp. It's and a weird one. For and, sure, too. And I love Bill Nye so much that... Uh, gotcha. It, and it looks... I think his... He can't be delightful, though, where he's got, he's got octopus face. Yeah, I, the octopus face is probably what... The effects it. are amazing. The uh, I like After this, I started liking the Pirates. I've seen them all still. I think this is the last one I saw in the theater. Um, doesn't matter, but I think it is. <laughs> um, but... So the basic plot doesn't really matter, but it's... It's very confusing at this point. Jack needs to... Jack he, Sparrow. 
Captain Jack Sparrow. Okay, gotcha. Uh, he Jack owes Sparrow. Davy Jones a great debt, but he also can find Davy Jones' heart to avoid going to. I can't do a Bill Nye accent. I tried to do the David walk off when he does the yeah. tentacles, but it was just terrible. So I didn't do it. Um, and Will and Elizabeth need to get Jack's compass to avoid being hanged. So it's sort of a yeah, shell game. Who's going to come out on top? And I think the smart money is always on Captain Jack. But this is a strange turn through the dead world and undersea uh, squid people uh, and is pretty fun. I think everyone's probably seen this. I'm just going to shut the fuck up and uh, roll the trailer. Let's check it out. There will come a moment when you have the chance to do the right thing. I love those moments. I like to wave at them as they pass by. Looking at this trailer and thinking about the new movie and me actually wanting to go see it, I might need to do a little bit more scientific research. Maybe it's the co-lead villain is directly proportionate to my enjoyment of so the Pirates So you like Bill Nye more than Jeffrey Rush? Yeah, but I like Jeffrey Rush, but I do like Bill Nye more. Um, I like Javier Bardem more. Than Bill Nye? No, I don't. Oh, oh man, that's, that's tough. tough choice. Tough choices. Tough choices for Gil. Indeed. Uh, what wasn't a tough choice was my next pick. <laughs> Excellent transition. Of you fucking cheeseball. Terry Gilliam's 1981 Time Bandits, the beginning of his trilogy of imagination. John, uh, he's, John Cleese is about to sniff your hair. Well, I am. Uh, he's going to rob from you <laughs> and give to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is. So. When Brazil's what eighty five and Baron Munchausen is eighty seven, so this was Terry Gilliam going through and looking at the life of a boy, a man, and then an old man, and seeing how imagination is going to conquer all of the ills of the world and uh, technology and all the other shit. But basically, uh, Kevin is—I think he's eleven years mm-hmm. old. And he has a very vivid imagination and a love of history. Uh, And out of his wardrobe bursts six intrepid treasure-hunting thieves slash bandits. And they have a map that they've stolen from the Supreme Being that allows them to... Their their job originally was supposed to go through and fix the holes in time. And they decided it was going to be a lot better to go back through history and steal historical treasures. Using his map. Using his map. Um, And... Unbeknownst to them, at least in the beginning, there is a more sinister evil watching their doings. Um, The trailer doesn't really tell you a lot about the movie, but it is funny and well done at a time where people weren't really doing this with trailers. Now it feels a little bit more, uh, a little less unusual, um, but it's very much a Python-esque movie trailer for Time Bandit. So let's check it out. It's long, but it's good. Remember my voice? I do trailers. All kinds of trailers. 23, take two. One day they'll put me in a film, a proper full-length job. Until then, I'm just stuck with this sort of stuff. Go and see this. Don't miss that. The most terrifying thing you ever saw is coming to babysit for you tonight. All right, cut it there. Look, 
Just read what's on the script, will you? You what? The script. Other way up. Ah. <clears throat> Ready? Yes, yes. You flock to see brief encounters for the special... Close. Huh? Close encounters. Close encounters. The film. Oh, I never saw it. Well, forget that film. We're on about our film. Time Bandits. The word. Time Bandits, the one you are supposed to be promoting. Remember? <coughs> you flock to see Close Encounters for the special effects. You went to Superman to see a man fly. You went to Star Wars for the droids. You went... Now what? What's page two, man? It's under page one. See? Oh, man. You went to Star Wars Time bandits can offer you much, much more. It's not the special effects or flying men or droids which makes time bandits a unique cinematic. Cinematic! You know, pertaining to the cinema. Cinematic experience, it's the makeup. Yes, folks, you've never seen anything like it. Men made up to look like monsters. Monsters made up to look like men. Look alike men made up to look different. Different men made up to look alike. No expense has been paired, spared on the pan stick. The pan stick. No expense has been spared flying in the world's greatest makeup man. Just a minute, just a minute. What about the plot? The what? The plot. What the film is about. Well, I haven't seen it, have I? Haven't seen it? You're sitting there telling millions of people to go and see a film you haven't even seen? Well, I can't see every film I do now, can I? Oh, wonderful. Terrific. Look, give me that. What are you doing? Taking over. You're out. O-U-T. Finished. Kaput. Finito. What about the trailer? I'll do it. Time Bandits is an awfully good film. We have worked ever so hard on it. It's a tremendous adventure story. We like it, and we're pretty sure you will. <laughs> What's wrong with it? It's direct, punchy, honest. Honest? <laughs> honest? Honest. What's that got to do with it? <laughs> That was a bananas trailer. <laughs> that was the English trailer. They were like bored, so they just wanted to yeah, do something. Terry Gilliam trailers. co-wrote the movie with Michael Palin, and I guess they were like, we can, do we can get away with this in yeah. England. We're Monty, right. two-fifths of Monty Python. Yeah. Um, great but, great movie, though. Indeed. I love that movie. Um, those are some of our favorite treasure hunting movies. Uh, and we're doing this broadcast before we were able to get the results of your favorites, but we're going to show them right now. So let's look at the Facebook Adult Swim Facebook. I'm going to take picks. Goonies definitely on. There. I, I'm going to say Goonies is number one. It might be number one and five. This generation is obsessed with stupid ass Goonies. I'm going to say Goonies number one. Raiders. Raiders. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, maybe two Pirates of the Caribbeans. I think only one. I think the first one. That's the one people seem to really think is a classic. Or and then... Not classic, but... I don't know what the other... Yeah, I don't, I don't Beyond that, I don't know. Let's uh, So let's take a look at the Toonami Facebook uh, picks. And I'm guessing, once again, we're going to see Goonies at number one. Possibly... Or, or, or Raiders. Castle of Cagliostro. Castle of Cagliostro, yep. Because it's more anime-centered. Right. Uh, 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 another... What else? And then probably the same. Yeah. But we're, we're, we're thankful that you guys... Participated anyway. Even Maybe we, romancing the stone. No if way. If you can get that video out, <laughs> if I can get on Twitter, if and everyone in America can just see the Eddie Grant music video. 
Romancing the Stone's going to sweep the whole thing. Indeed. Um, so next up, let's take you through some sneak peeks for what we have uh, on this week's, uh, this Saturday night's broadcast of Toonami. So uh, first up, we have a topical promo for Dragon Ball Super. We're already up to ep- episode 22, which is bananas. Time is flying. I know. So let's check out what's going on in Dragon Ball Super. On the next all-new episode of Dragon Ball Super. Who's going first? I'll fight you. What? That's about what I thought. Dragon Ball Super, Saturday at 11.30. Your dainty attacks won't even scratch me. (laughs) (laughs) Only Toonami. And Man, there's, snaps there's, your arm a lot off. Of, there's a lot of twists and turns in that 30 or seconds. Or headbutts you to the nuts. You know, the, <laughs> the fight's not going your way. It's <laughs> the 30 seconds of craziness. Uh, and then we have a topical promo for episode 8 of season 2 of Attack on Titan. We're almost at the end of the season already, which is crazy. Um, so let's check that out. That'll be airing Saturday at 12.30. On the next all-new episode of Attack on Titan, the colossal Titan's fall helps the armored Titan break free. And costs a lot of soldiers dearly in the process, including the capture of Aaron and Amir. With Aaron gone, is Mikasa just dreaming of the past? Or is his inner strength still a rallying point for everyone? Get ready for a new episode of Attack on Titan, Saturday night at 12.30. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. So, uh, Attack on Titan, and then... Uh, we also have a game review. Everyone seems to really like this game. I kind of mess with it a little. I'm not in love with it, but I don't love fighting games. And that is the uh, the DC superhero fighting game, Injustice Two. 2. So Injustice was kind of a minor hit, so they decided to do a sequel, and people are saying this is even better. And it basically is an alternate timeline where Superman is a bad guy, and he's become a fascist who like wants to take over the world and Batman is sort of the, an outlaw hero of the people trying to stop Superman and like Wonder Woman is on Superman's side. And like, so it's like, yeah, it's, it's the new thing with everyone seems to want, which is heroes fighting each other all the time, whether it's Marvel movies or DC movies, everybody just wants show. heroes to <laughs> beat the shit out of each other. Um, so let's check out uh, Dennis Dennis Maloney did this for us. So let's check out Dennis's review of, Injustice 2. With so many great games out lately, you may have slept on Injustice 2. This time around, Brainiac has Earth in his sights. I collect worlds. Batman and Superman are still at odds. And everyone in the DC Universe is feeling the pain. There's some killer matchups right off the bat. But this isn't just another cool-looking fighter. Yield if you wish to live. Now you can level up, collect gear, and upgrade weapons for every character. Then take the fight to your enemies using the most savage versions of each. Okay, who's next? Then, when story mode's done and dusted, there's still plenty more ass to kick. With tons of extra missions in the new multiverse mode, plus multiplayer beatdowns, the battle for supremacy goes surprisingly deep. Even if fighting games aren't your thing, you still might want to check this one out. We give Injustice 2 an 8 out of 10. Come and get it. Did you uh, play Injustice 2? I did not. We were gone somewhere uh, up front maybe when it was humped on Game Humpers. I have it 
but I haven't played it. I don't love fighting games. I don't um, love fighting games. I played it a little. It's pretty fun, but I you I think you have to want to play a fighting game. You know, yeah. To, but I think uh, wanting to play a fighting game when it's a fighting game definitely helps. It's the first thing. The enjoyment factor. Um, and then finally, well, not finally. And then next up, we have. Um, so Gil and I were recently in Tokyo for a week um, with a camera crew. We were filming um, behind the scenes stuff uh, for Fully Cooly Two and Three. And while we were there, we did some other stuff, and we tried to just sort of capture a little bit of our experience. So this is a behind the scenes of our behind the scenes, if you will. Behind the scenes square. So this is when Gil and I had some downtime. We and the crew went to a place we like to go to called Kitty Land, which is a giant, crazy uh, toy store that we go to and buy things for our friends and family while we're there. And it's in the district Harajuku. Um, So this is a little bit of us basically dicking around in Harajuku at Kitty Land. Day day one. This is day... This is no. This was day, was it day one? Was was it Monday? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So this is like yeah. We just landed the night before. No one really had any sleep. We we're very jet lagged, and so this is us just rambling our way through this store. Hopefully, it's less boring than that sounds. You, you'll be the judge. Yes. So check it out. Welcome to a special Tokyo jet edition. Lag. Tokyo edition. Jet lag day one edition of Toonami Preflight. We are in Harajuku, the famous district, immortalized in song by. Gwen Stefani, I think. Uh, it's hardly saying yes. We like to come here pretty much every time we go because there's a bunch of cool shops and places to buy pointless junk for our friends and family. So we're just walk around and see what's around here, and maybe it'll be interesting, and maybe it won't. It's pre-flight. Who cares? Really, popcorn is really popular here, and I have no idea why, but popcorn is like a big thing in Japan. I guess it's big in the U.S. too. Oh, yeah, pancakes too. Pancake shop. Italian tomato pancakes. Not my favorite. <laughs> this is Kittyland. We usually come to two toy stores when we come. Kittyland and the airport gift shop, which is surprisingly great. And here we are. Home, as I call it. Let's go buy a bunch Kitty. of kitty yeah, shit. Yeah, let's go buy a bunch of shit. Come on. buy some of these moni moni animals you can touch them they're real weirdly they're like made by hand they're like 20 bucks each but they're super fun i have this guy at my office i have that guy at my office oh these are sweet little mini scenes got these little mini art miyazaki scenes and then a fridge magnet these are um umbrellas isn't that awesome this guy's rad. <laughs> this is the new Hello Kitty guy, Kumamon. Yeah. A lot of money usually gets spent right here in the Studio Ghibli section by us. I have no idea why, but people here still like Manchichi. They still sell them. And Miffy is still huge. And of course... Doraemon, probably the most popular Japanese character. Everybody loves Doraemon. They're for hugging, mochi mochi. When I was here last time, I bought my wife this this Winnie the Pooh. She was super psyched. There's five floors of this. 
floor three. Next up, Star Wars. Star Wars and Pokemon level. I like this. Do you have the space opera Yoda? I have the Yoda. Nub nub. Samurai Iron Man. So we're checking out some Smiskies. They have some new series, Smiskies, from the last time we were here. These little glow-in-the-dark guys. Series 4. Series 3. Blind boxes. Last year we went to the Gudetama Cafe and ate Gudetama items. But now we're just buying Gudetama stuff. Filling up. Getting stacked. Can't have too much. This is the hall. The normal hall. Way too much money as always. Come on, it's hot and sweaty. Let's go. We're going to go outside. We're going to go to Tokyo Tower, but it started raining, so we think we may go back to the hotel and play Mario Kart and start drinking. Hard it's work. It's been pre-flight yeah. in Japan. <laughs> We've still got a couple oh, days shit. to go. We're going to go to production yeah, IG. Yeah, but maybe this is the final sign-off. No, it's not Maybe the this is going to be the money it's shot. Not the money, it's not the money Thanks shot. Thanks for watching. If you're in it, it's not the money shot. Yeah, now we have to start over anyway. You fucked it up. Bye. And we are so tired. I told you we should have done a wrap-up. <laughs> amazing. Fuck off. <laughs> We're wrapping it up now. Ends a little. And uh, if you like that, did. don't worry. There's more uh, behind the scenes of behind the scenes that we'll show you next week. That's um, probably the week after next. Okay. The week after next. I mean, it's not like... Coming anyway, soon to a pre People are going to be dying without it. Yeah, but it's coming at some point. Uh, and then finally, we're going to talk about uh, this week's Adult Swim single, which is a song uh, from uh, Sadie... I think her last name is pronounced Dupuis. Hawkins? No, not Sadie Hawkins like the dance. Sadie Dupuis, a.k.a. she was in a band called Speedy Ortiz, and she records as Sad 13 on her own. We featured a song by Speedy Ortiz a couple of years ago on Adult Swim Singles, and we really like uh, Sadie, so we are featuring her song as Sad 13. So bad. So bad. But the song is not bad. So check out an example of... Or sample, excuse me. It's an example. It is just an, a an example sample. of the song that it is. It, it's <laughs> so, check out So Bad, which you can get at adultswim.com slash singles. So yeah, a bit um, of a disagreement behind the scenes. A bit of a disagreement. I said you can get it, and one of our behind the scenes staff felt that you can. You're only really getting it if you download it. But I think that the millions of people who simply stream music and don't download it would disagree with that point of view. Uh, Adult Swim singles are streaming only this year. We will have a song, at least one song a week, every week for the entire year. So keep coming back to AdultSwim.com/singles and hear next week's jam. And that wraps up our treasure-filled episode. Oh, that was well played, sir. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed. What's, wait, wait, what's your before we go? What's your greatest treasure, Gil? In life? Yes. You. Oh, that's very sweet. I hope my wife doesn't watch the show. In fact, <laughs> we know you. I, I, know I was going to say, we know your wife doesn't watch the show. Why would she? <laughs> no reason. <laughs> All right. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. Bye.
Tsunami, every Saturday night from 11 to 3.30.